Hey, welcome to the Agency Blueprint, the podcast for agency owners looking to explore strategies for scaling a truly profitable agency, reducing stress, and getting your personal life plan. I'm Robert Patton, business coach and contract CFO to agencies. To download a free copy of my international best-selling book, The Agency Blueprint, go to creativeagencysuccess.com. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, niching down the importance of selecting a niche. I know that you're, as an agency owner, you're hearing and have heard many people talk about uh, selecting a niche and why it's important. Um, But what I often see in in here is that people are not really going through the nitty gritty of why, how to implement it, how to think about selecting a niche. And so in this episode, we're going to go through what niching down means, uh, what a niche really is, how to go about it, and how it can uh, affect your agency. So to start off with, uh, a niche is uh, can be a service uh, specific or it can be industry specific. So you're selecting um, the type of service that you're going to offer. So being um, a world-class digital agency in social media, for example, or you're working specifically in manufacturing or dental or um, UX design, um, working on web design, um, it, it can be specific to an industry, it can be specific to a service, and it can be both if you want to be in and, and have the amount of potential business in that space. So when, when it comes to niching down, the reason why so many people talk about the importance of niching down is because it could provide for better profits. So when you're a niche-focused agency, you're able to uh, be able to command more uh, value-based pricing and higher pricing points because you're well known for that in, in, in that industry and in that space. When you're able to do that because you are able to command higher rates, your team has less stress because you're not so focused on utilization rates, making sure that every single moment um, that they're spending at work is being properly u- utilized. When you look at a nice agency versus a um, uh, an agency that is full service, you see typically speaking, you're looking at full service agencies that are looking at utilization rates, um, trying to be 85 plus, which is constant pain, constant struggle for the agency when you can look at niche agencies, especially niche agencies that have value-based pricing, are in the 50% utilization ratio, allowing for more capacity, allowing for teams to not be quite as stressed out, allowing for us to be able to provide better work and allow for us to focus on the client's work as much as we need. Then there's also less time constraints on the agency owner. So What I see so frequently is that when you have a full service agency, the agency owner typically is the one that is the the person that's the the one that's putting out fires, is the one that's having to jump in when the team doesn't have the expertise that they need to try to fill in gaps in knowledge. And when you have a niched focus agency, either in service or in an industry, the team is able to um, be trained so specifically in working with those types of clients in that type of work that you're not um, being asked as often and not being brought into the situation as frequently as you would be in a full service agency. And then um, you're able to command, um, you're able to get better sales conversion because you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond. You're able to speak directly to that, that niche's pain points. You're able to talk to them about the types of things that go on in that industry. And you're able to actually provide them with, with better value. 
So one of the things that I see so frequently, right, is that as an agency, in so many respects, and it, it really doesn't matter the type of agency you are from web design to media buys to social media, the way that agencies are, are reviewed and the way that agencies are are looked at by their clients is how much ROI are they able to drive? So what was I today and what will I be tomorrow? And when you're a niche focused agency uh, to an industry or, or a service, you're able to drive better client results. So you're able to drive your client attrition down. And what also is like huge for uh, team member engagement and for uh, owner agency owner happiness is being able to be more selective on who you're working with and having more class A clients. When you go into selecting a niche, um, the things that you need to consider are uh, what niche are you wanting to serve? And so you, you need to think about who you enjoy working with um, and why you enjoy working with them and the types of services that they're going to need to be able to accomplish their goals. You need to think about um, whether that niche has the adequate quantity of prospective clients that you're looking for. So making sure that if you're going industry specific, that you know and you're looking at, at companies that are going to be between a specific revenue range or a specific marketing budget range to know that the size of that uh, market, you're able to actually uh, gain enough clients in that space to accomplish your overall goals and why it's, it's so important to make sure in, in this selection phase of selecting a niche, you need to make sure that you know your 10, 5, 1, your goals and what the business is supposed to look like and why when I go through these exercises with clients, it's part of an overall vision workshop, making sure that we have outlined exactly what that that 10 year goal is going to be, what their niche is going to be, what their value prop is and go through that that full workshop to make sure that everyone's aligned and understand where that's going. Um, you need, as I mentioned before, it's so important to make sure that you uh, enjoy working with them. So what I see so frequently is that uh, coming into a new agency as a new client, um, I see that the team members are, there's a list of clients that they don't like working with. The owner feels the same way about them. They are the clients that are overly demanding on, on the, the team members time. They're overly demanding in the work. They may be constantly sending back things for revisions. They're never happy and making sure that you enjoy working with those people. So doing a retrospective and looking at projects, looking at clients, seeing the time that you spent, and especially the work. When it comes to a creative service specifically, it's so important to be passionate about the work that you're, that you're doing. Um, when you're more passionate about the work, you produce better work. When you're more passionate about the work, you're able to sell better because people gravitate to someone that's excited about the work. So being able to make sure that you enjoy working with them and enjoy the work that they're doing. You also want to consider whether that industry is growing. So, uh, for example, you're not going to want to focus on um, trucking, for example, right? Because that industry um, in, in a lot of projections is being automated and is going to be a, a bit of a harder sale. So trying to focus on those types of industries may be a bit more difficult to be able to expand. And so along that same vein, you want to think about technology and communication changes so rapidly. And you want to think about how that is going to affect um, that, that niche. And then um, want to make sure that that, that industry and that, that service model that you're looking at that they're able to afford the services for the price point that you're looking to, to charge. And so incredibly important that you think about it in this way and that you answer these questions and ma make sure that um, 
that when you're selecting a niche that you have really thought about it and that it is one that's going to be able to have you primed. Uh, one, one of the questions that I, I get asked very frequently is, can I choose more than one? Um, the an short answer is yes. Uh, I, I tend to recommend against it to begin with, that you want to start and become the leader in one specific space or one uh, specific service or one specific industry, and then you can expand to others and typically suggest that you do it under multiple different brands. But ultimately, it's your choice, it's your agency, but um, make sure that you're able to have ones that are very similar in the way that you're going to service them so that it's not overly cumbersome for your agency, that you're able to uh, achieve those same financial benchmarks. So uh, at about the middle of the year last year, I um, published a report on the creative service uh, marketing agency industry uh, with over 100 agencies that we surveyed. And if you go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash resources, uh, you can download a free copy of this report. It gets very in-depth in overall trends in the, in the industry and the types of uh, agencies that are involved. And there's this great visual, uh, visualization uh, report that you can select the type of service that you offer, the geographic location that you're in, the size of agency that you are by revenue or by employees and see what other agencies in your space and how they're performing financially, um, what they're doing as far as the type of billing that they're doing and so that you can do a side-by-side -side comparison. Tons of value, great to know how your competitors are performing and understand uh, just where you are and what you can expect to be and how the leaders in your space are, are uh, operating. One of the things from this this report and the the agencies that we surveyed that agencies that are niched focus make on average 166% greater net profit, uh, which is obviously astounding. I mean, th this does just confirm what I essentially already knew um, by working with agencies in the space. But it, it was nice to be uh, reaffirmed that everything that I had as a as an opinion about how to operate an agency in the space was correct. Another um, great statistic is that agencies that are who are earning between 200 and 500 average hourly earning, 62% of them are niched focus agencies. And um, first off, to, to define what an average hourly earning, so agencies typically talk about their blended rates or their hourly rates. And quite frankly, I, I don't see that as a valuable metric. And I don't see it as a valuable metric because how much time are you writing off? So, I mean, for examples, an agency that I was working with um, that I'm still actually working with at the moment that when we actually did some, some review of the prior year before we started working with them, one out of two hours roughly was being written off. So their blended rate could be whatever they want, but realistically speaking, half of the time was being written off. And then the other thing that you're not um, factoring into that is that there's a ton of administrative time that goes into operating an agency, whether it's your own marketing, whether it's uh, financial administration, whether it's internal meetings, whether it's time just being coded to the incorrect job. So it's the average hourly earning, the way that you calculate it is your entire revenue and agency fee only. So no outside, um, outside costs. So just agency fee divided by the total number of hours in the agency. So if, you, for example, if you were to have 20 um, employees, you're going to multiply it by the 2,080 hours a year, which is just the 40 hours a week times uh, the 52 weeks a year. And then you're going to divide the total revenue by that number, providing you with your average hourly earnings. So again, 62 and a half uh, 
50% of agencies who are earning between 200 and 500 average hourly earning um, are in our niche focused and industry wide, the average um, average hourly earning is $72. So that's quite a significant um, increase from there. I uh, wanted to talk about an agency that I, I worked with and uh, worked with for about two years before they um, were able to focus on bringing someone more full-time internally. Um, so when I started with them, they were at $1.2 million uh, in, in revenue. And in the period of time that we worked with them over the, those two years of uh, period of time, they went from $1.2 million to $9.85 million. And one of the astounding pieces that they that they were able to accomplish is that when I, that when we started with them, they were at eight employees. And in those two years, they only added on two more. So it allowed for their average hourly earning to go exactly in the space that I was talking about. They were pretty standard. They were exactly in that, that average amount, $72 average hourly earning to a $473 average hourly earning. It's a 556% increase on their, on their, what they earned by the hour across the agency. And as you can imagine, that's such a significant increase that it meant that the agency was earning $360,000 worth more profit for every million dollars that that agency earned. And considering they went from 1.2 million to 9.85 million, the difference that it made to the agency owners is astounding. This agency, when we started with them, was cash flow negative. Um, they were able to eliminate all of their debt in that time. Um, when we started with them, really, they were just surviving. Um, they had experienced a dramatic decline in revenue as well, and they had to lay off many employees. Uh, they were in this feast and famine um, cycle that we have in this industry so, so frequently. Um, what I see happen so much, and I imagine so many of you can um, empathize with this and, and uh, experience this in your own agency, that let's say today you don't have as much client work, so your focus is sales, bringing in, uh, bringing in new contracts, bringing in new clients. And then three months from now, when all of those clients have signed, you are actively working on all those projects and you stop being able to have time to sell. So they were in that space and unfortunately were never able to really catch their tail. And the, the industry that they were in, they were an experiential agency. They typically saw that they were in a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. So as they had that sort of happen, they were consistently a year behind. Um, at this point, the agency owners had, had invested their entire life savings and their finances were completely reliant upon it. Um, in the end, they were able to average uh, 1.5 million in profit um, before agency owner compensation um, in per owner, which is huge. They were able to create a more uh, sustainable business. They were able to redefine their sales process. Um, and as you, as you can imagine with um, this type of service, and, and we were able to not only get them more uh, niched focus in, in the the service because they were full service when we first started working with them uh, to being experiential service based and um, specifically into the consumer packaged goods industry. So not only did they pick a service niche, but they also picked an industry niche as well. Uh, they were able to refine their sales process and be able to do fixed value based pricing as well for their clients, which if you know anything about experiential marketing, it's so it's very difficult to not have it be um, more variable because of how different each event can be. But 
was able to go through and implement a rock solid um, pricing model that allowed for them to really knock it out of the park. And again, if you know anything about experiential marketing, they were in the 65 plus uh, gross profit um, when we were when they were able to bring someone on uh, to manage everything uh, full time internally. Um, I want you to to for a moment just think about where your agency is today and imagine if you're experiencing any of the problems, the feast and famine, um, the negligible or negative cash flow or negligible profit consistently stressed out. I mean, at this point, the, the owners of the agency were working 50, 60 hour plus weeks, um, if not more, and how it, it was going from a place of the business was to fail any moment to a place where they were earning over 1.5 million in profit uh, each owner per year. And um, not not only going from a pace where the business wasn't going to survive, but thriving. So now they're in a place where they didn't have to actively engage in the business. The, the processes were set uh, to such a degree that the client's um, results were, were staggering. The process was so defined for how they were going to service their clients from the way that you onboarded, the way that you sold, the way that you offboarded, the way that you managed an event, the way that you managed everything that, that went through the agency was so defined every step of the way that the owner was no longer needed in a day-to-day operation, was able to still engage if, you, if they wanted, but didn't have to be actively engaged and was able to reduce their active hours in the business by 75%. I just think is great. So again, put yourself in a client's shoes and how much impact that could potentially have to your agency if you make a shift like um, like what we're talking about now and, and selecting a niche, either industry or service specific. Um, something that I hear so frequently when it comes to niching down and the objections that clients have and other agency owners in the space have is, um, what am I going to do um, or how am I going to assure the way that I'm doing? And I'm not going to be able to generate as many leads when I select and narrow the focus. The piece that I, I, I say to this, and as I mentioned before, that changes so much when you're niched focus is that you're able to actually communicate to someone's pain. And what you need to think about when it comes to um, service-based industries is that people buy for an emotional reason and people buy to alleviate pain. And if you're able to focus on a specific pain point, you're able to focus on specific pain points and able to focus on being able to drive value for that specific industry, you're really able to provide a lot of value. They know that you know what you're talking about. They know that you're an authority in the space. Your marketing can be more targeted, which I know as marketers, you know that that's the way that you want to manage things. Um, But I know the fear that you have when it comes to working specifically and narrowing that because your agency may not be in that space right now. You may have such a large breadth of clients that you work with. And the, the another objection that I, I get is I work with so many, so many different industries and I provide so many services. How do I go from where I'm at right now to selecting a niche that is specific? So I've got a client that's currently going through this right now. And um, we actually worked to make it fun not only for the owner and but also for the team. So the way that we went about this is that we uh, did some analysis on the clients that were within the the agency and um, did a rating method 
based on their average hourly earning and um, a subjective rating of the team and created a chart with the clients that they did not want to work with and had the lowest average hourly earning at the bottom of the list. And so they had a printout of this list of these uh, clients at uh, in, in their office. And every single time the BD team was able to sell two and a half times the value of the revenue of those clients at the bottom, they were able to fire the clients. And it, and it became a sort of game that the sales team had, the operations team had, and it was able to actually, and as an agency earner with a BD team and an operations team, I'm sure that you know that those teams typically um, ha- can be at odds because sales teams are wanting to drive the price down and ops teams want to drive the price up. But they were actually working so actively and engaged together. It was just great to see. And it became the celebratory thing that they did as they were able to drive in more sales and be able to eliminate the clients that they no longer wanted to work with. Another question that I get asked is, what about working outside my niche? Um, when you're first starting in niching down and focusing more specifically uh, for your agency, what I would say is that do not actively seek out business outside the niche. But if you've already been in communication with a prospect client or someone comes back um, uh, from vacation or wherever they were when they were not responding to your previous proposal or the communication that you had, I would not say turn the business away. Um, I, I do want you to think about the opportunity cost that you have within your agency by accepting the business that is outside of that niche when you're trying to focus on your process and things like that. Um, but I'm not going to say in an agency that's um, on the smaller side, um, less than than four or five million dollars in annual revenue that you want to necessarily turn away business left and right. But um, as I've mentioned in, in other content and other articles, sometimes the not sometimes, a lot of times, the thing that is so incredibly important as an entrepreneur and business owner is to learn how to say no. And these are one of these instances that you likely should be saying no. Uh, so the one of the other things that I get asked frequently is, um, I work so well with two different niches. Um, and so it sort of dovetails off the question that I, that I, st- I spoke about earlier in do should I work with two niches? Um, my preference again, like I said, is no. But sometimes I have clients and um, other agency owners that I speak to that are not sure about which direction they want to go. And this is a super odd response and super odd recommendation that I'm going to make. But honestly, take a coin, flip a coin. If they're equal types of clients, you enjoy working them with them equally. You are completely unsure about it. Take it, flip a coin. Focus on that niche. Build out the content that you're producing for them. Build out your marketing strategy around that specific niche. Once you have and are well established in that space and you still want to move into that that other niche, feel free to do it. Typically recommend under another brand. But it's definitely something that some uh, agency owners do like to do. The sort of to, to wrap this all up, the 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 main point that I work on with clients and the point of this conversation is so that you can develop your agency to provide you with the life that you want. And the goal that I work on with clients and the mindset that I suggest to all agency owners is that you should be setting up your agency to work on uh, what you want, with who you want, in the manner you want, and for the money you want. And niching down is one of the first steps that you can take to doing that for your agency. 
I, I hear so frequently agency owners are stressed out. They don't know what direction to go. They don't know what to do. They, they're consistently um, bogged down and, and just overwhelmed is what I hear just so consistently for agency owners across different industries, across different spaces. And it's, it's such an unfortunate thing that um, that happens so frequently. And a lot of reasons is because there wasn't a plan that was set up on how they were going to develop their agency. And niching and selecting that niche is one of the first steps to being able to allow yourself to get out of that space of stress. Thank you for joining us today on the Agency Blueprint Podcast. To find out more, go to agencyblueprintpodcast.com. For links mentioned in this episode, please check out the show notes. As always, go to creativeagencysuccess.com to jumpstart your agency today.